Amen. I'd like to welcome you to our Sunday morning service. If you'd like to find your place in 1 Peter chapter 2 and Hebrews chapter 5. They're right there close together, so shouldn't be hard to do, but we'll start in those two passages and we're going to end up in 2 Peter chapter 3. So uh, there, we're just going to be right in that general area of the New Testament today. And the ma- title of the message is Final Words. Final Words. And we're going to look at the, the final words that we have from Peter. And uh, we're going to look at that today with the help of God. I trust this message will be a help to you, an encouragement and a challenge as well. And uh, that we might do what God expects us to do, especially in the days that we're living in. And God still has an expectation for His children, and that's that we grow. And I trust that you're growing. I trust that there you can see a big difference from the day that you got saved till now. now if it's been a week or if it's been, or if it's been uh, 10 years, it's been 50 years. There ought to be a change. There ought to be some evidence of growth. And I'd like to welcome those that are joining us now by the way of the internet. I do thank you for your presence. Thank you for your prayers. We pray for you often, even though we don't have a face or a name, but we do pray for you and thank God for your presence. Uh, four weeks ago, I preached on a Sunday afternoon. I, I preached on uh, a message, uh, the word endure in the Bible. And, 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 you know, we need to be reminded of good words that come from God's word uh, that'll help us live in a way that's pleasing unto Him. And, you know, endure most of the time when you use that word, you, you think of heartaches, you think of hard times, and life's full of trouble. We know that. And, and, but God expects us to endure through the good times and the bad times. And that's an expectation that God has for us. And, and I was reading here recently through First Peter and Second Peter, and, and it, and it hit me. I mean, it just hit me. When I got done with 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18, it, it just hit me and, and said, man, th- this is Peter's final recorded words. Peter's big mouth had come to a standstill. <laughs> if you know your Bible and, and you, you've, you're a, a student of the Bible there and you read your Bible and you've read through the Gospels, uh, we, we understand that uh, Peter's beginnings was much different than First and Second Peter. And he was always saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. And, and, uh, but all that changed. It all changed and like it should change. And first and second Peter does not sound like the beginning Peter or the, the first Peter there, if you would. The Peter after Pentecost uh, did not sound like the Peter prior to Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. And, and as a young Christian, I, I can recall many times probably saying things that, 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 that you know, just kind of like Peter. You know, and, and not always getting things right. Still learning, by the way. Still learning. And, um, but you know what? As time went on, there's been a change. And there, there ought to be a difference in our lives. And we ought to be able to see our spiritual maturity through our language and the things that we say. And, and here in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, it says this. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow 
thereby. Verse 1 and verse 2 here that we just read in 1 Peter chapter 2 is a definition or a picture of before salvation and after salvation. Our language and our knowledge of God ought to be different now than it was when we were lost, before we got saved. Some may have used profanity before salvation and some may have even used the Lord's name in vain and thought it was just a normal way to speak. But after they got saved, God expects that our language, their language, change. And you know, after time, our speech will reflect our level of spirituality. Go to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5, just a few pages over. In verse 11, it says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For every one that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, uh, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, God expects us to grow in knowledge, and that knowledge comes uh, from the Word of God. Uh, go back to second. Now, go to Second Peter, if you would. Second Peter, and, and Second Peter, in chapter two, and Second Peter, and just like in Second Timothy, the Holy Ghost recorded Paul's final words to Timothy and to us all. And here in Second Peter, God gives us Peter's final recorded words. And, and, and we can all remember words that were spoken to us by others. And maybe some of you can remember something that your father or, or your mother uh, said to you at a specific time in your life or maybe something your grandparents or someone that, that had an influence in your life and you remember their words. And uh, uh, my wife and I had lunch with one of, one of the members of our church here recently and, and his dad just passed away and he showed me a, a picture of one of his dad's last moments there where he was blowing a kiss to, uh, to his great granddaughter and, and man, what a touching time. What, what a, what a, what a picture. I tell you, uh, uh, of a love there. And, and, and we see this, this great grandfather blowing a kiss to his great granddaughter. And that, that really touched my heart there. And, but that's a memory. That's something they have. Even though there maybe wasn't something said, uh, there's a picture that, 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 that meant something there to this family. And, and I used to live with my grandparents. And as I was head out the door to work every morning, my grandpa would be sitting in his chair and he would look at me and he'd say this, don't take any wooden nickels today. And if you don't know the meaning of that, just look it up on the internet. It'll give you the meaning of, of what that means there. But that meant something to me. And I remember those words there coming from my grandfather, him sitting in that chair and, and saying that because he meant what he said. And, and uh, when I was little, I used to help my, my other grandfather on my dad's side, and, and he would sell produce and, and gather produce and sell it there in the community. And, and he'd always tell me when we were bagging the, the, 
the corn there to always make sure that I gave the customer a good dozen. A good dozen means you get 14 ears of corn instead of 12. Just in case, he said, just in case, maybe one of them's just not perfect or just not right. Uh, he said, at least they'll have more there than, than what they paid for and they won't, they'll, they'll feel good about what they bought from him. And I, I can understand the wisdom behind all that. And I remember those things and, even in my Bible, at the, at the front and back of my Bible, there, there, there's places here where I've recorded things and, and, uh, I, I can look through here and I've got the dates and sometimes I put what day it was and, and, uh, not just the date, but if it was a Wednesday or a Thursday or a Friday or a Sunday and, and, uh, times where, where people came to me, people said something that encouraged me or maybe it was a preacher that was preaching and he said something that spoke to my heart and, and I wrote it down and, and uh, right here's a quote from uh, S.M. Lockridge, uh, uh, a man that's with the Lord now, a, a, a really a well-known preacher. And he said this, uh, I was listening to one of his messages, and it so touched my heart. He said this, uh, every one of us has a check made out on the bank of heaven, but many fail to cash it at the window of prayer. And uh, words, and, and how important words are to us and and uh, But the final words are important. They're very important. If we know that a person is going to pass away and, and we come to their bedside, we'll pay close attention to every word that's being said. We'll even write it down and preserve, try to preserve those moments. Uh, people will write their memoirs or they'll keep a diary of their thoughts and memories uh, because they want to preserve those things. At my grandpa Hill's uh, funeral there, my, my dad spoke about my grandfather and brought up many stories, if you would, uh, of things that he heard him say and, and, and things like that. But here in First and Second Peter, we have some very important final words. Not because they're from Peter, but because they are the Word of God. In Second Peter chapter 1, 2 Peter chapter 1, and uh, verse uh, 19, it says this, We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scriptures of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. People, Peter right here is assuring the believers and the readers here of this letter that the words that are being recorded are not his words. Uh, they're not just Paul's words. They're not Moses' words or Jeremiah or Isaiah, but, but they are the very word of God. Uh, if you're using the King James Bible, and I trust that's all you do use, uh, but then you have a sure word of prophecy, and, and we'd better take heed to that. Let, let's read uh, here Peter's final words in chapter 3. And that's where I told you we was getting to. All this was just introduction, getting us right here to these final words recorded in chapter 3 of Second Peter. Let's read uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, The second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance 
that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Peter saying that he is writing these final words to stir us up by way of remembrance. He's not bringing up words from the comic section of the newspaper. And some of you may be saying, what's that? You know, I, I, you know, everything's online now, but they, they still have the Sunday paper, if you would. And I, I know my, my, my grandparents, they would get the Sunday paper because that's when the coupons and the sale ads would, would be in the Sunday paper. And, and they would get this. But as a young child, I, I would always ask for the funny section. I, I would ask for the comic section, if you would, or or we'd refer to it as the, the funny pages or the, the, the funnies or something like that. But, but right here is the sad thing. There's how many Christians have never got past the funny section or the milk section of the Word of God. As a child, that's all I was interested in. I, I could care less about the rest of the paper, about the ads and, 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 and anything else that came with the paper. All I wanted was the funny section because I was a young person. And, and, but how many Christians, they, they, they can't handle no more than the funny section. And there's no, nothing funny in the Word of God. Don't, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but the milk uh, section of the Word of God. Uh, they can't handle strong meat. Uh, they've never looked over in the business section, if you would, or in the world section. Uh, they spent many hours, though, in the sports and entertainment sex columns, but they're no better off than when they first opened the pages. Peter's saying that the purpose of his final words was that we be mindful of the Old Testament. How many times have I heard people say, well, I just can't get much out of that Old Testament. You know, Isaiah and Malachi and Nahum and Ezekiel. and I, I just don't get it. Uh, but Peter then says, hey, not only do you need to be mindful of the Old Testament, you need to be mindful of, uh, of the New Testament and the words of Christ and of the apostles. In his last words, Peter is reminding us uh, that we need... Uh, the Word of God. But many Christians can only stomach a devotional or a liberal, ecumenical, feel-good Christian movie. And, and but, but, you know, God expects us to delight in His law. In, for, in Psalms chapter 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season his leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper I tell you as we delight in the law of God and we meditate in his law then we're going to grow in him and produce fruit Hey, when's the last time you delighted in the law of the Lord? Hey, when's the last time that you meditated in His law? And, and, and that's not, I'm not about reading a devotional or, or, or watching some so-called Christian movie. Why is it so important that the child of God be grounded in the truth of God's Word? Why is it so important? These are Peter's final words. Uh, and under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he's given this to us. Why is it so important? Peter tells us here in verse 3, 
knowing this first, that there shall come in the last day scoffers walking after their own lust. <laughs> you better be grounded in the Word of God because there's scoffers that are coming. Boy, we hear all, cut the TV on. Go, go to the religious channels on the TV and listen to all the scoffers and the false prophets. You better know something about the Word of God or else you're going to get deceived. Verse 4, and saying, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standeth out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of godly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Hey, Peter said that these scoffers are willingly ignorant. Oh, had they simply heeded the word of God, believed the word of God, applied the word of God, they would understand that the word of God is faithful. Hey, his word has never failed. God spoke and the world was and it's still here today. Hey, he said, let there be light and there's still light today. Hey, that's some powerful words and that light has been here ever since creation. Hey, this just tells us that the Lord is faithful. His word is faithful. You can believe it. He said he's coming again. He's coming again. You can trust his word. Oh, there's coming a day when this world's going to get burned up. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But it ain't going to get burned up because of cow vapors or because of gas cars or diesel. Don't fall for the scoffers of today. You just trust God's word. I read a report here recently of scientists who, who, who signed off saying, I mean, a number, thousands, in the thousands of scientists have signed off uh, saying that climate change uh, is just merely a political scheme uh, and that the climate emergency that we're hearing from politicians, you know, politicians, it's just a myth. Sure, there's change. But this world's always been changing. We're just able to record it now better than we used to. You've got to be careful falling for things. Peter reminds us here in verse 9 and 10 that Jesus is going to come again just like he said. You know, I've got ask, I have people that ask me, says, well, why does Jesus not come back? Does he not see how bad it is? Well, the answer is in verse 9 and verse 10. It answers that question. God is not slack. 
Thank God He's not slack in mercy. Thank God that He's not slack in long-suffering and that He's not willing that any should perish. Uh, hey, I thank God for that. Hey, I'm looking for that blessed hope. I'm ready for Jesus to come back. Uh, but right here's the thing. As soon as He does, that day of the Lord begins uh, and billions are going to die and go to hell. Hey, thank God that He's not slack. <coughs> I'm glad God's merciful. I'm glad that God is patient and long-suffering because where would you and I be today if he wasn't? In verse 11, Peter reminds us how that we ought to be living in anticipation of all these events. What manner of persons, he says, ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Verse 12, it says, Looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens, being on fire, shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace without spot, and blameless, and account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul also, according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which some are in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Hey, God has been good to America. But as a whole, America has been wicked toward God. America has rejected the Word of God. Uh, uh, America has murdered babies and uh, America has pursued after the gods of pleasure and pride and perverseness, but God is long-suffering. We better thank God for it. We better understand who God is. God is long-suffering. In verse 14, Peter's reminding us how we ought to live in these wicked days and among this perverse generation. First, he says in verse 14 that we should be looking for His appearing and not at all the wickedness around us. You know, if we're not careful, we'll, we'll get bombarded with the wickedness all around us and our eyes will be on that, not on His appearing. We better be careful. Are you looking unto Jesus? Are you considering Him? Have we laid aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us? That, that's the important question here. We better be careful getting consumed with everything that's happening around us. Oh, we've got to learn from it. But we always must, we must remember our future. We need to live for the future. God expects us to be found in Him in peace, without spot and blameless. In verse 17 it says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Boy, we are in the last days and, and many people are turning from the truth of God's Word. They've embraced the false versions of the Bible. They're turning to the ways of the world and to the music of the world. And our so-called churches have become so carnal and so worldly. They're, they're not without spot and they're not blameless. Many have fallen from their own steadfastness. They ain't given up but they've gave in. And they're leading people in the wrong direction. 
And Peter said, hey, you, you better listen. You better learn. You better know these things. In verse 18, and we're getting down to the very the wire here, to the very last words that are recorded in the Bible from Peter. It says, but grow in grace. And in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. Solomon's last recorded words were this, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And then he goes on to explain what that conclusion is. Peter's saying, I've said all this. I've said all these things to get to this one point. And he's saying, here's the conclusion, don't miss it. Grow in grace. Can I ask you, are you growing in grace? Grow in knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and our Savior. Give God the glory. Hey, is God receiving any glory out of your life? How's your testimony? Can people tell that you're growing? Can people tell that you're closer to the Lord now than you were a week ago, a month ago, five years ago? Are you more involved and more faithful now than you were when you got saved? Are you growing in the Lord? Or are you still stuck in the milk of the word section, in the funny section? Are you fulfilling your duty as a child of God? Is God getting the glory out of your life? Is that your number one concern, that God receive the glory in your life? Better be careful listening to the scoffers of our day because it'll get you discouraged. Be careful listening to yourself when you ought to be mindful of God's words. Christian, are you growing? If not, then why not? Are you more involved now than you were before? Are you given more now of your time and talents and treasures than before? Or have you failed from your own steadfastness? There's never a time to draw back from the Lord or from His work. God said, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to thee. The problem is in these days that Christians are drawing nigh to everything else rather than the Lord. Peter said, hey, be mindful of these things. Take heed. Grow in grace and grow in knowledge of God. Will you heed Peter's final recorded words?